Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Bundesliga Weekly Podcast with me, Brandon, your host, and Ethan as co-host. This week on the podcast, we are going to go over the best Bundesliga Euro performers as well as the biggest transfer stories coming out of German football over the past week. Hey Ethan, I know you love football. I love football. Well then you should check out the mastermindsite.com. You can now get a monthly subscription to the site for just $1 per month, which includes the monthly magazine, a free ebook, and loads of subscriber exclusives. That sounds like a bargain. My favourite article on the site is the tactical analysis of the exciting game between France and Germany this week. Visit themastermindsite.com slash subscribe to take advantage of this opportunity for just $1 per month. Right, let's get on to our best performers, shall we? Starting off in fifth for me, I picked Stefan Leiner. He scored a sumptuous volley for Borussia Mönchengladbach's Leiner to start the scoring against Macedonia, especially considering he's a right-back. Um, I was shocked when that goal went in. Yeah, He was pr- probably even the biggest threat excluding the goal in the match with countless dangerous crosses and darting runs down the right side, as well as four successful passes in the North Macedonia box. That's more than the whole Crystal Palace team in a normal game. <laughs> <laughs> and if he didn't open the scoring against North Macedonia, then who knows what could have happened because it wasn't exactly an inspiring performance from the whole team. Who did you put? Yeah, well, I put Rafael Guerrero, another fullback who scored but um, for Portugal this time. And he uh, scored their opening goal in their 3-0 win over Hungary. But I think if he didn't score, I don't think they would have won that game because it came on like his goal came late in the 84th minute. And uh, yeah, so uh, for Dortmund this season, he scored five and got 11 assists. So Portugal are hoping for him to continue his form into the Euros and hopefully take them far into this competition. Yeah, in my uh, original draft of players, he was... I put down like seven to ten players and he was in it. Uh We'll see if he's in my top five. (laughs) (laughs) At number four, I picked Briel and Bolo. The Gladbach forwards carried the entire Switzerland team, to be honest. When I watched that game against Wales, the rest of them, it was so lacklustre. It was so bad. Uh, Not only did he have the most shots in the game, which was six, he also created the most chances in the game down to his four dribbles. And if if Switzerland didn't have him against Wales, I've absolutely no doubt that Wales would have been able to pull off a smash and grab with (laughs) lumping it to Kiefer Moore at the end. Yeah. I completely forgot about Mbolo. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit it, but I was I was looking over the the transfers for this episode, and he he's one of them. And I saw he played well in the in the game for Switzerland, but I forgot to put him in this. So uh, <laughs> that's a, a bit of an error. But um, I put Stefan Liner like he did for the first one. Uh, he won man of the match against North Macedonia and scored their opening goal with a. Incredible volley for a, a right back, and uh, I mean the ball from Sabitza as well was incredible. It just floated into the right side of the box, and Liner guided it past the North Macedonian keeper. And uh, he also won four tackles in the game and won two aerial duels, rounding off his great performance for Austria. Yeah, I mean for Borussia Mönchengladbach, he was a mainstay in the team this season, only missing one game due to injury. So I, I thought he was pretty incredible for them and helped get them the win really both put the same player already (laughs) yeah off to a good start only one position difference as well yeah almost an agreement (laughs) (laughs) in third i've gone with a goalkeeper i've gone with lucas fredeski oh dear 
he was man of the match against Denmark uh, and enabled Finland to keep a clean sheet in their first ever major tournament match with that massive penalty save. It wa- it wasn't a great penalty, but he still saved it and made six saves from shots on target during the game. At the end of the day, Denmark failed to score from 21 shots in the whole game, so he's done his job. Surely yeah. you've got Fredeski in your top five. <laughs> no, um, unfortunately I don't because uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about him. But um, it's not because of that. I think it was just, it's just because like, I think the Ericsson in- incident overshadowed any performance in the game, really. Instead, I went Thomas Munier, uh, the Borussia uh, Dortmund uh, wing-back. Uh, he came on after Timothy Castagne uh, came off injured in the 27th minute and he scored after just seven minutes and then towards the end of the game he assisted Lukaku's second goal and helped keep a clean sheet for Belgium as they beat Russia 3-0 in their opening game. Munier will look to solidify his place in the starting lineup for Belgium while Castagne is out injured after a pretty below-par first season for Borussia Dortmund. He'll look to take his form for Belgium into the next year in the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund. Well, (laughs) funnily enough, in second place... (laughs) <laughs> I've got Thomas Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the second or third time we've done that. Um, yeah, the Dortmund wing-back was very effective with the ball when he received it in some great positions, which allowed him to pick up a, an assist and a clean finish against Russia. He even found himself in a in almost the six yard box for his goal, which probably needed against such a defensive Russia team from a right wing back. And his assist was just an inch perfect pass for Lukaku, who in his current form was always going to finish it. Yeah, well, we have an agreement at least. <laughs> who did you put for number two? Well, I put I put Patrick Schick, the Bayer Leverkusen striker. How have you not put Patrick Schick in first? <laughs> we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the Bayer Leverkusen striker scored twice as the Czech Republic beat Scotland 2 0 to open their campaign. He scored nine goals this season for Leverkusen and scored what was surely the goal of the tournament with an incredible halfway line shot against David Marshall, who's caught off his line. I mean, it's just an incredible goal. I, I saw it live. Um, with six. Quick thinking, he lobbed it over Marshall from the halfway line. He also scored the opening goal of the game with a convincing header, which couldn't be stopped. Uh, he's, Schick started the uh, the tournament in electric form and won man of the match against the Scottish side. So you think first? He scored goal. He scored. He scored goal of the tournament, and you put him in second. <laughs> we'll see. Good we'll justification. See. I think it's more about his um about the team they were playing really ah waffle waffle you've got it all wrong <laughs> for my first place guess who i am <laughs> oh, patrick schick <laughs> yep he he had a decent season with leverkusen but against scotland he just turned into like prime ronaldo <laughs> he he did everything for czech republic in attack he he obviously started off well with that Benteke-esque header where the ball was travelling away from goal and it was almost behind him yet he still found the bottom left corner then uh, well there's the halfway line goal I think everyone's seen which could quite easily be goal of the tournament because you see lots of people try that and and fail um, especially 
Yeah, especially at Crystal Palace. They don't normally get it off the floor, but he, <laughs> he executed it perfectly. The swerve on the ball was out of this world. It was so good. And for that goal alone, he'd probably be first in my list. Yeah, it was an incredible goal. For um, for my first place, I put Veghorst, who um, scored in uh, Netherlands' first game of the tournament and won man of the match. I put him because I think Ukraine put, were putting him under pressure and he still managed to score and put in a man of the match performance for his country. Although only getting two shots in the whole game, I think uh, with Netherlands' style of play under Frank de Boer, I don't think he's going to get many chances this um, this, <laughs> this tournament. <laughs> but um, I think he's so clinical that he deserved to be number one. And uh, I mean, this season for Wolfsburg, he's got twenty goals, and he looks and he looks to like he's going to have a very good comp, uh, very good Euros for Netherlands. And uh, I think Wolfsburg will want to be. We want to warn off any interest from other Premier League clubs and teams because he looks incredible. So you didn't put Schick first because <laughs> they were playing against Czech Republic. Well, Schick were, no, they're playing against Scotland. Schick were playing against Scotland. But Veghorst but, was playing against Ukraine. Yeah, but Netherlands, stru- <laughs> Netherlands struggled against Ukraine. Obviously, Frank de Boer is not as good as the Czech Republic manager. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You put Red Coast first. <laughs> we'll have to disagree on this one. <laughs> I bet you didn't even watch that game. <laughs> wow, he didn't even make it into my top five. He didn't even make it into my draft of my like top didn't seven watch or eight. What games you were watching? But <laughs> oh, I've watched all of them. That's the difference between me and you. <laughs> okay, now for the rumor mill. This is where. We discuss five transfers from the week that are rumoured to be happening and we rate them from 1 to 10 if they were to happen. First off from this week, we have Christopher Iyer from Celtic to Leipzig. He's been valued at 12 million euros. Him and Lacroix are possible Canate and Upamecano replacements that are wanted by Leipzig. And the Celtic board have promised Christopher Iyer that he'll be sold. So do you think he could be an adequate replacement for Canate and Upamecano? And do you think they need like another centre-back in Christopher Iyer, considering they already got yeah, yeah. Fardio and Simakan? Definitely, I think. I think they need another one like uh, Lacroix from Wolfsburg because the, the type of players Upamecano and Canate are uh, who are leaving to Bayern and uh, Liverpool... I think they they need a couple options just in case Simakan and Radio don't work out. And I think Ayer is pr- very good. I think he would be incredible. We were talking about him last week for, or I was for Bayer Leverkusen. And I think oh, yeah. if, I think if Leipzig get him, that would be a great signing. It's been imprisoned in in yeah, Scotland. He really has, yeah. Also, New, Newcastle were interested as well. I'm pretty sure. I think everyone's interested <laughs> in him every summer. Yeah. He, he, they promised him that they'd sell him last summer, but but then they said, can you just stay one more year to help us win 10 in a row? <laughs> for and look how that went. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, he wants now to leave he's fuming. Now. If you were to rate this for Leipzig out of 10, what would you give it, considering it's 12 million euros? Probably a nine. I think for that price, he's, he's quite cheap for that price. Replace, I mean, Canate uh, and Upamecano both left for fees in the region of 36 million. And if they can replace him with a year for twelve million, I think it'd be a great 
<laughs> Great bargain. Yeah, they can afford six IS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd give it an eight because it leaves them so much money to spend on yeah. any other positions that Jesse Marsh may see weakness in. Striker. Especially striker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Replacing um, the flops. Unless he, get, unless he gets Alexander Serlot firing. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could. <laughs> Next we have Mbolo, who we already talked about, yeah. from Gladbach to AC Milan. He's valued at €16 million. Euros. He obviously got man and match against Wales the other day. And this season he's he's got six goals and seven assists. So... That's a decent showing as well as his Euros so far. Do you think he could still live up to the promise he once showed? And could that be at Milan as he was on the bench in Germany for half the games this season? I I think he could with the right with the right service and game time. But when he when he did go to Schalke in like the twenty six million euro um, <laughs> move from Basel after he was so promising, he he picked up a lot of injuries and I, I think um, it, it stunted his. Uh, his growth and he was a flop. Yeah, he was a flop. And um, when he went to Munchen Gladbach, he did. He has had a couple decent seasons, hasn't he? But nothing to shout yeah. home about, really. So <laughs> I think AC Milan should be looking for someone higher pedigree, really. But AC Milan have they have quite a few strikers, but like they, they none of them score tons yeah. and tons of goals. They all just do. All right, yeah, and with and they've got King Ebra, don't yeah, they? But he's aging. He's injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's old and injured. Fast rate this for AC Milan. No, for Gladbach. I mean, sorry, I'd give it maybe a, a six, just because they'll make a small profit on on what they paid for him, and they are losing a, a decent amount of goal input. Yeah, well, I, th- I think if they if they get it, uh, sell him for like anywhere near his value of sixteen million. I think it'll be a decent, decent sell. Uh, I'd give it probably a five or a six, just because he hasn't really been like one of their key key players. Yeah, Make, making eight figures on a player who who only starts half the games never a bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they should take it, no doubt. If AC Milan are interested. Yeah. Next we have Mavropanos, who could be moving from Arsenal to Stuttgart for seven million euros. Uh, this is obviously going to be funded by the 25 million euro sale of Gonzalez to Fiorentina, who they stole off Brighton at the last minute. You'll have to see it. Uh, he was he was solid <laughs> for Stuttgart last year, and he's only 23. Uh, with, with the 25 million coming in from the Gonzalez sale, do you think Stuttgart should settle for Mavropanos, who played well last season, or go for a more ambitious signing at centre back? I think they should just stick with him. I think he he wants to go there, and he's he's definitely not in Arteta's plans at Arsenal. <laughs> and yeah, he was he was very solid for Stuttgart last season, and he just missed a few games out injured. But them being a newly promoted side and finishing ninth was incredible. So I don't think they should chop and change too much. But with them selling Gonzalez, they they do need to replace some of their attackers, and I, I think I think they should just go for Mavropanos for only seven million euros, really. Because, um, I mean, when I watched him at Arsenal, I know it was a few seasons back, but when he filled in for the, the injured centre-backs, he was pretty good, pretty good in the Premier League. So no doubt he can do it in the Bundesliga yeah. as well. They, they'll, they'll definitely still have a little bit of 
Manny left to improve the attackers as yeah. well. And and um what's he called? Well, he was called Silas from Angatika. <laughs> Obviously he was using a fake name. Yeah. So I think I think he's he got banned from football for three months, which probably means he misses a few games at the start. So they might need someone to fill in to replace him at the start of the season for a few games. Yeah. And um with Kalaj Kalajic being linked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with him being linked away, they'll definitely have some money to spend if he goes. Yeah, if I was to write this for Stuttgart, I'd give it a seven because they were they were solid last year and their defense wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I'd give it an eight. I think it's a very decent signing for that amount of money. Next, we have Daniel Marlin from PSV to Dortmund. Once on the books of Arsenal, if you know that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how they let him get away. They always do. Yeah. Premier League teams are always like that. He's he's Dortmund's primary target uh, if they sell Sancho, which is actually looking likely this summer, unlike last summer, because yeah. all the news is coming out of reliable sources. <laughs> Shock horror. He, he will cost about €30 million Euros, uh, because his contract is still running at PSV until 2024, which is ages. And he got 27 goals and 10 assists in 45 games this season. He can play left wing and striker. Do you think Dortmund are going for the right kind of player here in the similar mould as Sancho in the sense that he's a clinical winger? I think I think they are, but I think Daniel Marlon's a bit, a bit more of a finisher. I think Sancho's more creative, but... Marlon likes is a very more cool finisher in front of goal. He's uh I mean he's incredibly agile and quick forward who makes tons of runs in behind. And I think for Dortmund replacing Sancho with with him for like a third of the fee would just be incredible. Yeah. I think if uh Dortmund get Marlon, I still think they need uh, another attacking player yeah, because because Harlan doesn't really have any backup. Mm-hmm. And well, if they lose Sancho, they won't have a winger, really. Um, Royce is always injured. And if he's injured, you have to play Brandt. And Brandt's just not good. And Hazard's also <laughs> so, injured all season. Yeah. So I think I think they'll need Marlon and at least someone else. Yeah. But if you only have to pay £30 million for Marlon and you're selling Sancho for 100 and you've got plenty of money for yeah. someone else. Take so straight away. Yeah, exactly. So I'll give, I, I give this an 8 for Dortmund because he's scored so many goals and got so many goal contributions and those are the exact kind of players that Dortmund ha- like to have up front yeah I think if, if he produces anywhere near the, the sort of influence he's had on PSV at Dortmund he'd be an incredible signing for them I'd give it probably a 9 or 8 out of 10 yeah he's still so young as well yeah. if if it doesn't work out they can still sell him for probably at least 15 yeah definitely <laughs> finally we have the man whose name you love to say <laughs> Kalajic from Stuttgart to Milan. You know, firstly, I thought he was a fantasy football hidden gem for the Euros. So I did I him in my team for the first game. I thought he could be the difference maker for me compared to other players because not many people had him and I knew he would start for Austria. But um, yeah, it's fair to say that didn't go well because <laughs> he, he, he started and... Austria are just terrible. They barely even got the ball to him. So he's an absolute man mountain, though, and he has he has a current transfer market value of twenty million euros 
He's got 23 goal contributions this season, as well as being 23 years old. And Milan have already held a meeting with his agent. Do you think Stuttgart can afford to lose him, especially considering they've already lost Gonzalez, as this could break the spirit they had last year? Because when you look at the squad on paper, it definitely isn't a great squad in terms of the Bundesliga. Yeah, I I, I don't think it would be great to lose him, but for the fee, 25 million euros as well, if they get that as well as the Gonzalez fee, they could try and rebuild it, but they might they might lose some of the some of the chemistry they had uh, last season, which got them ninth in their in their promotion season. So I think it's I think it's risky to sell him, especially when he's such a pivotal player in their team with sixteen goals and six assists in thirty three games. Just at his age that's incredible, I think. Yeah, he he, you can't. You probably won't find anyone as tall as him to replace him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the perf for Milan. He's like the perfect Ibrahimovic replacement, really. Same play style, <laughs> same stature, and <laughs> maybe not the same caliber. <laughs> I don't know. He's been pretty good. <laughs> not the Euros. <laughs> yeah, Stuttgart won't find anyone of the exact height that Kalidzic has to replace him. Yeah. And if they want to find someone similar to replace him, they're not going to get anyone from inside Germany. So they're going to have to look elsewhere like they did when they got Kalidzic from Austria for like one or two million euros. Yeah, with them buying him for just two million euros, I think after only two years at the club, selling him for anywhere near 25 million euros would be quite a quite a good thing on their part. It's quite a large profit. Yeah. <laughs> How would you rate this for Stuttgart losing Kalidzic for 25 million? I'd probably give it a 7 just because of the amount of money they're getting and I think they could replace him probably if uh, I mean with his form in the Euros they'll, they'll yeah. hope <laughs> they'll hope someone will still take him. <laughs> his form in the Euros really put him in the shop window. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a six because even though they would have lost two key key players, they've shown by how they got Kalajic that they have adequate scouting and recruitment to just get another player for under five million or whatever that could sell for twenty plus in the future. So I'll give it a six. Yeah, I agree. I think their 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 scouting of him in the first place shows how good, how they can identify these talents outside of Germany and. If they can do that again, then I think it's well worth it to sell them on. Yeah, I totally agree. Unfortunately, that's all for this week, but you can find Ethan and I and the company at 2801 Brandon at Ethan WSSS at Ethan underscore Wallace underscore and at Bundesliga TMS. If you like the Bundesliga, be sure to check out BundesligaDaily.com for more articles, opinions, news, podcasts and more.